Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar Credit Union, with Jaguar's senior writer, John Osher. All right, welcome into this week's Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar. And this week's guest, I guess I'm excited about it. Uh, it's, it's somebody who's been working with Jaguars.com for a long time. Uh, predates me by a long shot because my predecessor, Vic Ketchman, talked to Tony Pauline, now of the Pro Football Network, long before I arrived. Uh, Tony has contributed uh, to our draft coverage in the past. We talked to him at the Senior Bowl a while back. We've talked to him a lot of different years. Uh, without further ado, Tony, first of all, how are you today? I'm okay. Good to be back with you. It's also nice to hear the name of Vic Ketchman again. I hear from Vic once every blue moon when he wants some draft information for his blog. I'm sure I'll be getting a text from Vic real soon. <laughs> yeah, it's a blast from the past. That's uh, And you've been doing the draft, uh, you told me before we came on, since 1997. That's almost two and a half decades, uh, Tony. Does that mean we're old, you and I? I guess, and that's unofficially. I mean, that's when my first publication came out. I started actually working with uh, sports writers here in the New York area who covered the Jets on, on draft-related information since probably 1989, 1988, because they knew you know I was interested in the draft, and they were always bringing me up during the days where when there was no internet and everybody sure. had to read everything in newspapers. So, yeah, I, forget about old. I guess I'm ancient at this point in time. No internet, Tony. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i started currently uh pre that too and it's a it's a long time ago well from your perspective tony tell me about this draft we'll get into trevor lawrence we'll get into a lot of jaguars related topics but the strength of this draft just assess it overall if you're telling somebody who's just coming into it how strong the class is the traits of it give me your uh nut graph if you will on the draft one word offense it is an offense heavy draft you look at the top 10 it's probably not you'll have at least nine players from the offensive side of the ball selected in the first round you look at the uh first round overall i mean you may have two-thirds of it be offensive players uh so it's really an offensive driven class when you break it down further you're looking at wide receiver you're looking at offensive tackle you're looking at quarterback from the offensive side of the ball, which are the best positions in this draft. So if you need any of those positions, you're looking for some offensive players, uh, this is a year to have a lot of picks. I'm glad you mentioned that because it was a question I had for you deeper. Um, the offensive uh, trend, is it described as a trend? Is this something we're going to see a lot in the future? Or is this a one-year deal where it's so offense-heavy? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a trend. I, I think... You know, it's the result of what happens in college football. And what happens in college football is, you know, you get speedier players, you get more athletic offensive linemen, and then, you know, it just matriculates upwards into the NFL. I think that it's just right now, I don't think it's going to be a trend because the way you're going to eventually offset the wide-open offenses in college is with better defensive players. So that will eventually come. I think this just happens to be one year where it's so offensive heavy. Remember, defensive players are after quarterback are highly coveted in the draft. The, the, the cornerbacks, the impact defensive front seven players, the pass rushers, there are just few of them in this year's draft. Now, my theory for a couple of years, every time I hear 
that the wide receiver class is good. And it, and it seems like the last two or three years it's been a very good wide receiver class. I'm not sure that's ever going to change because of the way high school and college is set up. Every kid wants to play wide receiver. They're teaching them better. Do you agree with that, that we're not going to see very many bad receiver classes going forward? I, I think the quality of receiver classes will be better than it was 10 years ago. But again, I, I think, you know, to your point, you're getting bigger athletes to play the receiver positions. You're getting your better athletes instead of being used as running quarterbacks being moved out to receiver. But I, I think what happens is over the course of time, when you have so many underclassmen who enter the draft yeah. at one position, it will eventually dissipate the talent at that position down the road. It, it's eventually going to happen. We see it happen at schools, LSU, so many juniors, so many juniors entering the, under, uh, entering the draft. Eventually, you know, the team starts to really narrow as far as the talent's concerned. I, I, I think, I, you know, I, I think there won't be any really bad uh, receiver classes. But I don't think you'll see a situation where one year is consistently better than the next, than the next, than the next, etc. I'll ask you to go out on a limb here and tell me who the Jags are picking number one overall. Wow, that's a <laughs> difficult one, huh? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, the Jags are in a good spot. It, it's, it happens to be a year where not only is the, uh, the, the top player uh, selected uh, a quarterback, but he also happens to be the best player in the draft. So you have a situation where say in the past, unlike the Baker Mayfields, unlike the Kyler Murrays, where those players were the first pick of the draft, yet they weren't the best player in the draft. In Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars are getting the best player in the draft at the quarterback position. I hear, you know, we've talked uh, Trevor to death, uh, obviously, for the last two or three months here. Um, I guess give me your take on him. Anything different that you see that you don't hear out there a lot? Any thoughts on him? Either what makes him special, how you think he's going to do? I guess just give me your Trevor that's a little different from everybody else. I don't know that it's different. I think the only thing different is he's the best player in the draft. And, right. you know, as I predicted in January, what you what you were going to start to see is people start to poke holes in his game that didn't exist. You know, Zach Wilson played better in 2020. Well, I don't think Zach Wilson played better. I think Zach Wilson is a good quarterback who just played against inferior competition. Now you're hearing Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft because of his, you know, his workout. I, I don't think Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft. Kyle Pitts is a very good player. He's a great prospect. He's a sensational athlete. But Trevor Lawrence is still head and shoulders ahead of ahead of Kyle Pitts, ahead of everybody else. It doesn't come close. There's, there's really, you're going to have to stretch to manufacture problems in Trevor Lawrence's game on and off the field. You know, as we spoke about during the Senior Bowl, the guy is a great leader. I mean, he did not have great talent around him this year at Clemson. He had basically mediocre receivers. did have Travis Etienne. Uh, uh, you know, that, that has to be pointed out. He lost four-fifths of his offensive line from 2019, yet he led that, and even when he missed games because of COVID, he led that team uh, in through the, into the uh, semifinals. You look at his off-the-field leadership. I mean, the fact of the matter is this. A lot of the fact that we had a 2020 college football season, in my belief, 
is uh, down to the leadership that Trevor Lawrence showed because when the conferences, the Big Ten, the, the Mountain West, the Pac-12 were canceling seasons, postponing seasons, Trevor Lawrence, along with a few other players, but primarily Trevor Lawrence, stepped to the forefront and said, let us play. We want to play. He got his face out there and was the public figure saying, we want to get on the football field and play. So, it, and, and there were other issues with Trevor Lawrence where he took a leadership role. So to me, I, I, my, my take is when everyone's trying to poke holes in his game and say, well, Zach Wilson played better in 2019. Kyle Pitts is the uh, best player in the draft. My take is it, it, nothing's changed. He was the best player in the draft before the season began. He's the best player in the draft when the season ended. He's the best player in the draft two weeks out from the draft. Yeah, it speaks to a point I told somebody a couple weeks ago. Think about this. Ever since the freshman season national championship game, he's been the number one overall pick, which has given people three years to poke holes in him and they haven't been able to do it yet. And that's And the fact of the matter is this is, you know, he walked into a situation where there was a good incumbent quarterback in Kelly Bryant that he had to beat, that he did, and you know they were a good team. So there was really no place for Clemson to go but down. And what Trevor Lawrence did was he elevated that program. Right. He elevated that team. You know, Clemson is going to be in dire straits next year without Trevor Lawrence. They're not. They may, you know, contend. They have a good quarterback there. They may contend for the ACC title, but they're not going to be the Clemson Tigers that we've seen the past three years. Yeah, he's made it look easy, which is hard to do. So uh, tell me about 25 overall, Tony. What's there? Is this a good year to have 25? Does the first round go that deep? What are your thoughts? I have 25 players with lock-solid first-round grades. So that is the demarcation line, if you will. 26 is a guy who is maybe a first, maybe a second-round selection. Uh, I think if you're the Jaguars, the question is, are there any good offensive linemen there? There's going to be no tight ends there. Does a guy like Tevin Jenkins fall to the Jaguars at that spot? Or do the Jets or the Steelers snag him a few picks before this? Oliveira Tucker, offensive lineman, fall to that uh, fall to that spot? Or do one of those teams uh, select him? You know, if Celeb Farley's there, do you take a chance on him? Uh, and I think Celeb Farley will be there. I, I think that's really where the... The line is where you got the, the solid first rounders end and then it kind of falls off after that. Uh, it's just a matter of what position they're looking at and, and who's available. Is this, uh, I saw in your notes this weekend, it was interesting. You mentioned three guys you think could slip Etienne, uh, Tony, and Barmore. Uh, those are all guys that a lot of Jaguars fans sort of have an eye on. Um, good players. Is that a situation where the Jaguars could get the uh, one of those guys at number 33 overall? You think one of those guys slips? ATN, 50-50. I do think Barmore will be there uh, at the top of round two. I mean, he's good, but he has a very undeveloped game. He's more of a one-gap penetrating defensive tackle. Uh, <clears throat> and the fact is, you know, with the Jaguars, they've used a lot of draft capital up front. Yeah. Uh, on that defensive line, at what point in time do you say, listen, let's let's stop the bleeding and let's just run with what we have and, and, and take it from there? And I'm sorry, who who who's the first guy? The other guy you said was it Farley? Uh, Kadarius Tony. Okay, Tony. Yeah, I do think Tony will be there. He's uh, and I think that would be a good fit. I mean, I, I'm sure Trevor Lawrence would love throwing the ball. He's a consistent receiver. His game really uh, improved last year. He's not a 
home run hitter. He's a solid vertical receiver with good speed, but he doesn't have that second burst. Sort of a, a fit, taller, thin guy. May have to line him up in the slot. May have to line him up backed off the line of scrimmage. I, I think he's good. I don't think he's a, first, a lock solid first round pick as a lot of people have been projecting. I think I asked you this at Senior Bowl when we were talking to practice, but uh, Jaguars have uh, five selections in the top 65. Is this a good year to have that? Can they, can they get better at positions at all five of those picks? Because those are premium picks. And this is a good year in the first and second round. I mean, you're going to have, I think, day three, you're going to have a situation where players are going to be overdrafted. They're going to be selected higher than their grades, primarily because you saw so many seniors take advantage of that NCAA rule to go right. back for a second right. senior year. But I think, you know, if they don't get Barmore at the top of round two, you could get a Davion Nixon at the top of round three. Iowa uh, defensive tackle, like that. right? Yeah, maybe Milton Williams, uh, the, the kid from Louisiana Tech who's moving up draft boards. Maybe he's there at, at the top of round three. Uh, if you're looking for offensive linemen, there's going to be a lot of good tackles available through the end of day two, through the third round. So they could get some uh, fortify themselves offensive tackle, some good centers, I think, through the third round, and a lot of good receivers. So I, I think not only will they be able to get good players, except for maybe the tight end position, they'll be able to get good players that Phil needs. And I've maintained for a couple of weeks now that I think what they will do, somewhere in that, in that top 65, I see them trying to draft two speed guys on offense. Uh, it sounds like you think this is a year where you can do that, where you can get faster offensively if that's what they want to do. You do have a couple of, I mean, there's not a whole bunch of great speed at the uh, receiver position, but still, you know, you talked about Kadarius Tony. I happen to love Rondell Moore at the top of round two, smaller guy from Purdue, who was a legitimate deep threat, legitimate home run hitter. I mean, Elijah Moore of uh, Mississippi, another legitimate deep threat home run hitter. Talk about the top of round three, Dwayne Eskridge of Western Michigan, who we saw at the senior ball, who was unstoppable. The first two days at the Senior Bowl, uh, a guy who can play uh, receiver, can also play some defensive uh, in the secondary you want to, is also return kicks. And then there's Anthony Schwartz, who's a third rounder out of uh, Auburn. So they're going to be able to get a guy that's got some uh, big time speed and really uh, someone that can score from any point on the field whenever the ball's in their hands uh, during that second day. If you're looking for uh, you know a, a running back with that sort of speed to Compliment James Robinson, Kenneth Gainwell of, Me- of Memphis, late second, early third round, didn't play last year, opted out. But again, a guy who runs and plays in the low four fours at the uh, running back position. Got three positions for you, then I'm going to get you out of here. How do they get better at defensive tackle in a class that everybody thinks is a down year for that group? It's a bad year. For, it, it really is. I mean, it's either... They take a chance with a pick on day two. I mentioned Davian and Nixon. I mentioned Milton Williams. Tommy Tagaya of Ohio State. Jay Tefeli in round three of, of uh, USC. More of a three-technique, one-gap penetrator. <clears throat> you, you know, you, you roll with that. Or maybe you wait until the last day and you see if you can catch lightning in a bar- bottle with a guy like Marvin Wilson of Florida State. Someone who was very highly rated early in his Florida State career, but is coming off back-to-back poor campaigns. If you take him in day three and you're able to get his game back to where it was 
in 2018 at Florida State where he showed flashes of being, you know, just a brilliant player. I mean, you got something there. The guys on day three are more of your developmental guys, Mm -hmm. guys that have got great athletic traits that need to be developed or guys that are good football players that aren't the greatest athlete. Take Juan Graham, take Hugh Graham of Texas is an example of a guy, 6'3", 290 pounds, runs and plays in the low four nines, plays like an athletic guy, has got a high upside. Uh, Jalen Twyman of Pittsburgh, 6'1", 301, not the greatest athlete in the world, but when you watch him on film, all he is doing is you know exploding through the line of scrimmage and disrupting plays in the backfield. So you could get a serviceable player in day three, uh, or you may hit lightning in a bottle with a guy like Marvin Wilson. Tight end, obviously Jaguars fans, you know, their ears perk up when you mention tight end. Assuming that they're not going to go up and get Kyle Pitts, which is impossible, uh, what does it look like in those second, third round for trying to address that? More developmental guys, guys that I think will have to start off as number two tight ends and maybe develop into number ones. A lot of people like Pat Fryermuth of Penn State. I think he's solid. He's a solid blocker. He's a solid pass catcher. He's not great. I do happen to like Tommy Tremble of Notre Dame. I think he's got great upside, but he's going to need a lot of work. He was a guy who was rotated in and out of the lineup at Notre Dame. Didn't see the field all that much only because Notre Dame had such great depth at the tight end position. I I mean, Brevin Jordan of Florida, good athlete who, like Tommy Treble, needs to be uh, developed. Hunter Long of Boston College, I think is like Friarmouth, real good at every area. Kenny Yaboa, if he's there uh, on day three in the fourth round, that would be an interesting pick. Temple uh, transfer who just lit it up this year at Mississippi. I think he had like 180 yards receiving yards against Alabama. Uh, a terrific pass catcher, a good blocker, did not get to work out for scouts at his pro day because he hurt his hamstring while he was running his first 40. But I'm told he was timing in the low four fives, high four fours, at 247 pounds, and a guy that has a great amount of upside. So uh, the pickings are slim. At tight end, you're not going to get a true number one. Rather, you're going to get a guy that could eventually develop into a number one. I don't think you're going to have a guy or a tight end's going to have a rookie tight end after Pitts that's going to have 30 receptions, 35 receptions for you in 2020. Is that the same story at safety after the kid from Texas Christian, Merrick? Uh, safety position is really thin. Uh, Morig of uh, TCU is a good player. He's a first-rounder. The guy to keep an eye on is Richie Grant of Central Florida. Really, you're just down the road from where you sit. I mean, Richie Grant is a guy who I had graded as a third-rounder coming into the season. Some scouts have a late first-round grade on him. He's not going to be on the board all that long. He was a terrific player for Central Florida for three years. Had three good days of practice at the Senior Bowl. Really looked great during position drills during the, the UCF Pro Day workout. Not the fastest guy in the world, runs in the low four or fives. More of a zone or strong safety, but a smart, tough football player. I, I think, you know, there is some talent, uh, guys that have holes in their games, but they've got a lot of upside. Javon Holland of Oregon is a second-round pick. Afanga of USC, a bigger tight end, hard-hitting, but solid ball skills. And then there's Elijah Molden, a guy who is just a terrific football player, but he can't run. I mean, he uh, can't, doesn't time well, I should say, in the 40. He, he timed in the high four fives during pro day. He runs slightly faster, but as far as instincts, as far as 
just a feel for coverage. You can line them up over the slot receiver. You can play them with free safety, strong safety in the zone system. It's just you're going to have to protect them from the deep pass because he's going to get beat out in the foot race. Something you said a second ago piqued my interest. Um, it sounds like because of the guys going back to college that you think the 2022 draft is going to be a lot better than 2021. Am I reading that right? I don't know how it's going to be better at the top because this year is very good at the top, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of guys, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. You're going to have plenty of talent. I mean, you could literally have a situation next year where despite the fact there's 255 guys selected in the draft, you could have 300 to 350 guys with draftable grades. What does that mean? That means that it's very reasonable to think that someone that has a third-round grade could actually fall into the fifth round because of the fact that there are going to be so many players in that area that have third, fourth-round grades. People, are, uh, Players are going to fall. And I think what's going to happen is when you see trades on day three this year, it's going to be trades where the team trading away the pick are getting selections in the 2022 draft right? because there's going to be so much more talent uh, on the last day of the draft. And, you know, people just concentrate. The narrative is always talking about the first round and the top 10 picks. And the first round has a very bad miss rate. I mean, uh, very bad fail rate. You know, a lot of good players come out of the middle rounds, the later, the very rounds. You look at look at Jacksonville, what they did with James Robinson, the, an undrafted free agent. So, I think you're going to have a lot of real good talent in 2022 in the middle and late round. So, a lot of people trading out of later rounds this year if they can. So that makes what out of the, out of later rounds this year if they can to get future picks in 2022. Gotcha. Tony, I can talk to you all day about the draft. I'm not going to force you to do that because I know you've got other things to do. Tony Pauline with the Pro Football Network. Once again, thank you for helping out Jaguars.com. I look forward to talking to you down the road, buddy. Thanks. Enjoy the draft.